Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me, as always, are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. Ian. What up? And Jay After taking some time to celebrate Thanksgiving with our families, we're here to talk about the latest family adventure to hit theaters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's funny you say that because the first thing Val asked me is, is this is it like an adult movie is like it's not I guess not really. It's not. I don't know what it is. I guess it is just a general like family friendly film. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Joseph, do you want to give us a synopsis since well, you're the most recent viewer? I, I you know, I also want to preface with this. I, I, it's something that's going to come up as we go on in, in this uh, episode, I think, is that. I don't remember much about the original Ghostbusters and I don't have any warm feelings towards it. Uh, but the, the, the story as I saw it was a small family of a mother and her uh, precocious scientific daughter and normal teenage son uh, are evicted from their house and move into an old scary mansion-y thing in a small town uh, that she inherited when her grandfather who, or, I'm sorry, her father who, uh, uh, she didn't really know, left it to her when he died. Uh, and then spooky ghost spirit things happen and they have to fight them with Paul Rudd. And that's this movie. Oh, and then there might be three to four old guys that are relevant very late in the game. <laughs> you, in your description, maybe like most got into my problems with this movie. <laughs> it's like, it took you longer to get to the ghosts in your synopsis of this movie, <laughs> then Ghostbusters, the original movie, took to get to the ghosts. So, I mean, on that, it's a good note then, Hurt. How did you feel about this movie? Man, I maybe need like a fucking safe word or something to talk <laughs> about this movie. I'm, I'm just so irate. I, I, my, my, most of what I'm going to have to say in this podcast is an impassioned plea to let's stop fucking making Ghostbusters movies. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands what was cool about that fucking movie. So let's just stop. I think I had the opposite reaction. I thought it was a good sequel. Um, I liked it more than Ghostbusters 2, definitely. And definitely the, you know, the, the female Ghostbusters movie. Lady, Lady Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Don't you dare Lady back Ghostbusters. down from that now. That is officially what it's called in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Lady Ghostbusters. Um, I, I mean, it, to me, it reminded me of Force Awakens. You know, it was the Force Awakens of Ghostbusters. They remade the first movie with you know a younger cast and i thought to frame the movie around egon spengler was correct thought that was the way to go um i don't know about choices they make late in the movie because i don't know and we'll talk about that spoilers there there are things i question whether certain people would have agreed upon what they did For but sure. i i do think to frame it around him to remake the first movie basically but it felt fresh. And the big thing I, I think that I want to make known is I thought that girl is fucking incredible. She played Harold Ramis. Like, I mean, it was him. You know what I mean? Like she got him. You know, I thought I thought she did a really good job. Um, I thought that kid podcast was hilarious. Paul Rudd was good. I, I, I could see where Hurt was saying. I don't know if it necessarily recaptures what Ghostbusters maybe was, but I thought to remake the movie modern times with the new cast but they it's about as good as you could have ever hoped for in my and, opinion and i'm just so glad you gave me this layup because <laughs> i really wanted 
someone to compare it to Force Awakens because I know that's going to be the go-to thing with this, and it's nothing like Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens is like whether you think it was good or not, in or even like an independent property, it has the same ratio of adventure to feels to uh, to sort of mythology that the original one did. This is nothing like the original. Way back when, and I know this wasn't an original thought when I said it, pro uh, probably, but I said this movie was probably greenlit like 30 seconds after those kids showed up on Stranger Things wearing the Ghostbusters outfit. And they didn't and come man, out until 30 years later, apparently. I mean, man, this was just Stranger Things found Ghostbusters stuff. Like it, it's, I don't know. It, I mean, I thought they redid the first one good. I mean, I don't see it that way, but I also, I want to make, I don't think this movie will hold up well, because I like Force Awakens the first, but in hindsight, it's just the same movie, and I thought this is kind of similar. I don't know if I'll like this in five years, yeah. but I but I, I agree, you know, her, I know you have your own take on that. That's my only thought. I don't know if it'll hold up well, but I liked it walking out of the theater. Uh, as I, I mentioned uh, up top, I have absolutely no affection for this franchise, and I'm, I'm not even sure that I've seen the original all the way through as God intended. Um, what the fuck you? I mean, I've, <laughs> fuck you, Joseph. Keep that to yourself. I wouldn't I've that. seen the first half at least <laughs> once and the second half like three or four times. But, it, you know, I, as just a movie, I thought it was fine. Like, I, I thought, like Ian said, the kids are good. I thought the performances in general are good. I think it's well written if it's not necessarily, like, funny, uh, if that makes sense. I, I generally just thought it was, like, you know, I don't know, a fun little family adventure movie up until about the last five to ten minutes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So... I, first of all, I just can't wait to hear because I know that you probably care more about Star Ghostbusters than any of us. Like, yeah, it's, it's like your favorite movie, right? Yeah. Ghostbusters one's my all time favorite film. I've seen it more times than I've watched anything else. And it's amazing as much as I love it, how indifferent I am to this movie. <laughs> um, so I want to I want to piggyback on two things when this is a I have a I feel like I have a complicated relationship with afterlife after only watching it once. Is it is it possible to hate decisions, but be OK with how they presented them? Because that's how I feel about this movie, which is like to Ian's point. I do think they kind of take the Force Awakens model of, oh, we're reintroducing it to a new generation. It's a younger crowd. We're going to do the same plot ish um, as the first movie. I hate that decision. I think that was an awful, awful choice. Having said that, you know, spoilers for, you know, the end of this movie, but it's very similar to the end of the first film. And I think they kind of, I think they present it well. Like, I think they, they do a good job with it. Just creatively, I think it was a horrible, lazy decision. Um, you know, Ghostbusters as a movie, do I, I saw it as a kid, but I'm not ready to show it to my kids. My favorite line in that movie is, um, it's true, Your Honor. This man has no dick. <laughs> of course. It's a great line. It's not appropriate for kids. It makes it sound like the movie is a dirty comedy, and it's not that. There's nothing like this in this movie that captures that kind of humor and tone. And what's, again, I hate that it's a family adventure movie, but I think they do a pretty good job with making a family adventure movie. If this wasn't Ghostbusters, I that probably wouldn't I probably would really appreciate that we're kind of getting this found family adventure film 
I just don't like that it's in a Ghostbusters movie. And I get that that's probably preference, but I think if you're going to make something, especially something that's supposed to be an ode, which is what I really feel like this is, is kind of Jason Reitman's love letter to what his dad made 35 years ago. You should honor that thing. And I don't know that this really honors it. Having said that, I think they 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 kill it with what they do for Harold Ramis. I mean, I, I don't think you could have done that any better. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm just really indifferent to it. I don't know. I like I'm, I'm I have I have like a log jam of thoughts about how much what things I don't dislike about. I mean, things I dislike about this movie. I know some people say that there's things about the first one that shouldn't have worked. But I think that the first one, those things are exactly why it did work. The fact that there's no real sympathetic characters, the fact that they just that it's really sort of they do nothing in that movie. That movie is just funny people doing funny things and cool special effects. And they there's nothing in that movie to get in the way of that. And, you know, Lady Ghostbusters and this too just do not get that. With Lady Ghostbusters, the problem was too much exposition. And the problem with this is too much feels. And, and also, I, I know you guys all said you liked the kids. I don't know that I liked the kids. Ooh. Yeah, I thought the kids all did great. I, I even think, the Stranger Things did. No, I, I disagree there. I think McKenna Grace was great. He, I'll go a step further. I hated Paul Rudd in this movie. I thought he was awful. Um, this is the last episode of this podcast. It's not, it's, <laughs> by the way, it's not. I, when we get into spoilers, I'll talk That's the about it. The sexiest man alive. <laughs> we get into spoilers, I'll talk about it. it. It's more so maybe what they do with that character versus his portrayal, but couldn't stand him. And Finn Wolfhard, that kid. If it weren't for Stranger Things, would he actually be famous? I don't think so. Ben, this next part may be shit you have to cut out after I say it, but I just need to say <laughs> it. There's something about Will, Will, Finn Wolfhart that just looks like he masturbates too much. Oh, 100%. <laughs> totally yeah. agree. He, he just looks like the second he turned 12, it was knock the knock on the door before you enter any room. And and the other kid, I she probably was fine. I'm just so sick of autism as a superpower. I don't know. I think she nailed Egon. I really do. I mean, I'll stand on that hill. Like, I think she is a movie star. You know, she's yeah. been in the Haunting a Hill House show too. So I think she's a come up person. I really do. I think she steals that movie. Yeah, I think she's the best part of the movie. That was going to be my comment. Is that you know I, I feel like uh, this time specifically right now time uh, when. It's hard to look at the state of, of where things are and say that we're making consistent progress in any one particular direction. It's nice to know that we have actually cracked the code on child actors. It's done. We've, we've done it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, I probably had way too high expectations for this film, but I don't, I actually don't think that's true. I kind of anticipated to hate it, but um what's it's just really weird for me to just be have a ghostbusters movie where i'm like yeah it exists so like you know this is probably the closest to transformers i'll give it better than transformers off mckenna grace other than that i'd probably go yeah i'm gonna go i'm, I'm slightly better than transformers yeah i, I was better than transformers for me like i said the only qualm i have is the spoilers thing is what they do with a certain character and they bring back which i don't know if that was i don't even know if you would have wanted that yeah. Just leave, leave we we, we will get into that more for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 
better than Transformers, mostly just because shorter than Transformers. But I will say, fuck them for putting an after after all the way credit scene. Eat shit, dude. I'm, <laughs> they, you haven't earned that. There's I, an after after credit scene. There yeah, is. is. There's two after credit scenes. Okay, I saw the one with Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver. I have not seen another after credit. It's worse, so don't wa- watch it anyway. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I'm definitely going worse than Transformers, and I'm also going Transformers because. I don't think this movie was Force Awakens. I think it was Transformers. Like, I think it was, that was the structure it chose. And it was worse at doing that. Actually, you know what? It might be similar to Transformers in that it takes a really long time to get into the Transformers and Transformers too. They're kind of embarrassed by it. Yeah, that's actually a good point. <laughs> Go also got a teenage boy in the middle of it who does appear to want to masturbate too much. hundred <laughs> percent. When did you and I switch roles in this podcast? I, I, I feel like I've been better than Transformers pretty consistently the last, I don't know, month or two, and you've been hating on things lately. Yeah, I, I, I'm just crabby, I guess. I don't know. This movie <laughs> made me crabby. So spoilers. Spoilers. I would like to defend my Paul Rudd stance, which is that we see, and I don't, you know, I don't know the spoilers because we see it in the trailer, but there are obviously demon dogs in this movie. And again, I don't I don't even think it's a spoiler to talk about Gozer and Zool and all that coming back. Right. Because, again, we saw demon dogs in the trailer. This movie absolutely shits on that part of Ghostbusters. Like it makes it out to be a joke. But here's the thing about Ghostbusters. Right. So to go back in time, Dan Aykroyd is fucking crazy. Like he believes in every conspiracy theory on the planet. Right. 100% into, you know, Loch Ness, aliens, fucking Bigfoot, Skywalk, Skinwalker Ranch. He's in on all of it. And so he wrote a passion project movie, essentially. That's all about paranormal shit, which is Ghostbusters. But it has jokes in it because Dan Aykroyd at one time was a funny guy. Right. And so it, it, it wasn't written as a comedy. It was written by a, as a comedic guy who loves paranormal shit. And so when you get to the demon dog moment in Ghostbusters one with Sigourney Weaver, that shit's legitimately freaky. Like that possession scene with her and Bill Murray, the jokes stop other than Bill Murray, like making jokes to be comfortable in the situation that right. he's in, but it plays it a hundred percent serious. This movie shits all over that. Right. The moment they're possessed by demon dogs, it's nothing but a gag and gimmicks. And I really fucking hated that decision. Like a whole lot. Like them being like, well, it's time to bone now. Like, right. yeah, we, we knew that Sigourney Weaver had sex with a dude who's two feet shorter and significantly nerdier than her in that in that first movie. We know that. But. I, I don't need a joke. I don't need it to become a gag. I bought it as legitimately scary the first time. And for this to play it as just comedic relief, it felt more like a parody of Ghostbusters than it felt like honoring Ghostbusters. And it, also, that's the point when they decide to make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know, funny, it's funny you say that, Christian, because, again, I don't remember that much about Ghostbusters. But the thing that I remember about it, one, is that it was funny. And two, that it was surprisingly like had genuinely scary moments for what's remembered as a comedy. Uh, and this movie doesn't really have much of either. Yeah. I mean, uh, man, when everybody shows up to the end, it should be cool, but it really isn't. Oh, that's cool. another thing. I uh, no, This is where I hate it being a family-friendly movie. And again, we may have to cut this, but... 
<laughs> classic, classic Vankman in that moment. The first word you would have heard out of his mouth would be like this bitch. Right. Exactly. Totally. And we, and we don't get that. That is what's wrong with this film. Like it's supposed to be kind of vulgar in the way these funny dudes deal with these crazy situations. And this is not that this is a family adventure movie that The Rock probably should have been in. You know, the, the thing is with Ghostbusters, the original, yeah, it wasn't a kid's movie, but man, when I was a kid, I sure did want to see it. And it was right on that edge where I could get away with it. You'd still hear like this bitch, but for the most part, it was okay. This just being a kid's movie, I just don't understand how they don't understand what made Ghostbusters cool. It's that's the, that's and that's a hard X factor to explain, but they don't get why that movie was cool. They definitely don't present that here. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm curious to hear, Ian, your opinion on the Harold Ramis bit, because I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. I, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. And I feel like he would be pretty in on the joke of him becoming a ghost. That's right. just me personally. But I'd be curious to hear why you think he'd be against it. Well, I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of curious about that, too, because I don't really follow it. But didn't, wasn't there like a falling out between several of the guys, uh, the, the original Ghostbusters in years later? The big one is Bill Murray just refused to do it. Yeah. They all had to agree to a sequel to do a sequel. And Bill Murray didn't want to do a sequel. Gotcha. But no, I, I don't know if he wanted to do it or not. I just think it's a little, I mean, this script was written way after he was dead. So to just make someone a ghost after they're dead, just think it's an interesting choice. I, I don't know if he would have wanted it or not, you know, but it just felt a little odd to me. I think he could have just left him as the invisible ghost. Like we understood the whole movie that he was a ghost. Yeah. Did we need to see him as a ghost? I don't know. You know, that was the only thing I don't, I agree that the, the old guys coming back, it, it, I don't know if he needed it, but it didn't work for me as well as I think it could have. But I kind of liked the end part. I liked that he had set up like the uh, the proton trap to keep that in, like, you know, all the, you know, the ghosts in the mountain. Thought that was a cool bit. Um, I liked the car chase scene, you know, instead of Slimer, the guy who eats metal. I thought that whole scene with like the Ecto one in the, in the, in the whole little town, I thought that worked. Do you still um, like it knowing that Josh Gad was that character? Yeah, fuck. I like that. <laughs> fuck with Josh Gad. He's Olaf. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought Olivia Wilde as um Gozard, right? Gozer, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that worked cool. And then who was um who I didn't even know that was who that was. Yeah, who so was, it's, who was a, it's JK Olivia Wilde. Yes, J.K. Yeah, Simmons is Ivor Shandor or Ivor Shandor or whatever, and then Olivia Wilde is is Gozer. I thought I thought that worked. You know, I thought they that looked like Sigourney Weaver as that character. Um, well, Sigourney so yeah, Weaver thought, did not play that character in the original. Just throwing really? that up. Yeah, uh, she was a demon well, dog. She was well, a dog looked, at that point. Well, it looked like the the original, you know, Gozer. So I don't know. I thought I thought I I, I don't think Harold Ramis. I don't know. Would you want to be a ghost in a movie? I don't know. After you're dead. It's, it's, it's not It's not the being the ghost. I think that was the problem. Because like you said, I think it was fine for him to be like helping from the background. But it's like the like like actual CGI animation of, you know, what old man Harold Ramis looks like. And everybody gets to do their weird little goodbyes at the end. And he just has to sit there and nod at them from the spirit world with his weird little CGI face. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, this is the strangest yeah. fucking interaction on Earth. Well, Two things. First of all, if the ghost of Harold Ramis did show up right then, I feel like he would have said, hey, where's the fucking jokes? 
surely there's <laughs> something funny to be said in this so it's not just a weird mopey staring at a cgi thing second of all i mean you guys know i never try to find holes in plots i don't want to find the problem in anything i'm enjoying how the fuck does the traps know the difference between an evil ghost and a good ghost i thought that too why did he get sucked up in there right yeah yeah um I, I feel like the ghost bit is handled pretty well. Like, I think it's um, the only thing I like really could compare it to is Peter Cushing in, in Rogue One, um, which is that this is a character this dead guy played that we've brought back fully CGI. Not even him as a person. We've just brought back a character he played, which I guess, you know, you can make an argument you think is less offensive. I think in this moment, it it's almost like, the cast and the audience getting to say goodbye to Harold Ramis um, and getting to say goodbye to Egon, but uh, just as much as it is getting to say goodbye to Egon. And I, I thought that was, I thought that moment worked pretty well. I, I do have a real issue about the lack of jokes though, is especially if you're making Egon the main character, because I get it. Egon's not the funny character of the OG movies. However, Harold Ramis is a fucking hilarious dude. Right. Um, and there are so many, and, and for me personally, this is the generation of movies I grew up on. This is what I know comedy is, but like, you know, Caddyshack, fucking Harold Ramis, Stripes, Harold Ramis, fucking Ghostbusters, Harold Ramis, like, and, and those other films, like, he directed. So, like, he is so much more of a physical, comedic, situational guy than just a dude telling jokes like Bill Murray is. And um, I, I didn't get that in this film. Like I didn't get the spirit of Harold Ramis, I guess in this movie, I feel like I'm shitting on it a lot. It was okay. It just <laughs> didn't feel like ghostbusters. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought the podcast guy had jokes. I thought, uh, the, the girl who was, you know, Egon's granddaughter had jokes. I mean, I don't know if you can do slapstick eighties now, you know, like you can't have Dan Aykroyd jerking off to a goat or getting his dick sucked by a joke, you know, a ghost. I, I just don't think you can do that anymore. You know, I think it's it's different. It's a more modernized take on the original. And you guys, I think, hate it because it's not what you wanted it to be. But I don't think it's a bad movie. See, I mean, I don't I don't feel like I I'm I'm saying I hate it. I just I just think it's <laughs> I, like I said, I think the decisions they made were not good decisions. I think they handled them well. I just not sure they were good. You know, like I, I why does it have to be Gozer? What right. about what about this plot dictates that it has to be Gozer at the end? Why couldn't it have been literally anybody else? Ooh, I tell you another thing I wanted to bitch about. And, you know, this is bringing back stuff from the original. They shouldn't have used so much of the original music. It does not work in this. Like that, that, uh, that sort of like dicking around theme. The I can't even do it, really. But it is such dicking around in New York. It does not work dicking around on a farm. Yeah, I would say also the problem with that there is the musical cues are so similar to the musical cues in Ghostbusters 1. They spoil everything in this film. Right. Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> I, I will say, I, can we can we just go ahead and replace Dave Chappelle with uh, Bokeem Woodbine? I, I don't I don't know if Bokeem Woodbine is funny, but neither is Dave Chappelle anymore. So I, just, was, I feel like this is a good swap. That was that was another thing I wanted to bitch out. How do you have a cool guy like fucking Bokeem Woodbine show up and not fucking use him? 
That's just actually having a great a point. He not is a, like a one scene thing, and it's not even a fun scene. And he's he is so much better of an actor than to deserve one scene in this right. movie. You know, I'm trying to think of what I liked in it. I did like that they didn't try to update the special effects on the ghosts and stuff. They tried to pretty much make it look the same. I liked the after credit scene with Scoring Weaver and, and Bill Murray. I wish the whole movie would have been that. That is the most Ghostbusters moment in the whole movie. Totally. Uh, Ian, for your essay, the last one is we find out that the old hook and ladder station is not a Starbucks and they move Ecto-1 into it. It's it's all beat up and trashed and everything. But then the uh, red containment center in the basement, you know, the Twinkie, uh, the light is blinking red on it. So Uh, so, the ghosts are getting out. Yeah. Uh, And they and and Jason Reitman said that. um, Oh my gosh, what's his name from the fucking painting? Definitely up for the sequel character. And uh, dear God, please don't. It wasn't good the first time. Yeah. Vigo the Carpathian. It wasn't good the first time. Don't don't, do it again. Don't remake Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, why would you read? I don't don't even know, man. I don't. Yeah, I heard heard read an article, though. He's not going to do another one. He wants other people to take, you know, make a Ghostbusters movie, new voices. That's what I mean. I read the headline. I didn't read the article. (laughs) (laughs) This one definitely sets up for there to be more that are canon, but don't necessarily have to be a part of this trilogy, I guess. See, I think, hold on. I think this ignores Ghostbusters 2. There's nothing in this movie that says Ghostbusters 2 ever happened. When they Google like the YouTube stuff, it's it is Ghostbusters 1. In my mind, walking out of that, this takes Ghostbusters 2 out of canon and it does like the Halloween kills, where it's just like it's a direct sequel to the first one. And I think Ghostbusters 2 Yeah, Ghostbusters 2 never happened. I I think that's what I thought out of this. I don't know if it was intentional, but that's definitely the feeling they left me with. Because like when they said they all broke up and like they did such a good job and that, you know. They broke up because of that. Like it, you know, they didn't go broke. They it didn't seem like New York had like you know banned them. Like I think all that Ghostbusters two shit they threw out the window. But I don't know if that's actually what happened or that was just my impression. I mean, they definitely do that. But Ray's a cult is in this movie, and that's from Ghostbusters too. Just how much happier would we be right now if this movie was Ray was working in Ray's a cult? And he got a call from Egon's granddaughter. And then the movie was him convincing the other two guys to go save her. Yeah, way better. Way better film. I mean, I don't even know if, if like that needs to be the whole movie. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how you'd split it up. But definitely Some I think, of the movie. Well, exactly. I, I think a big part of why the the big reveal in the, the final act of, of the original Ghostbusters coming back is they weren't involved in any way up until that point. So it just feels very like out of left field just because you know, they're supposed to be there. Whereas like you say, if, if you had put that as part of the story, I think it would have felt more, uh, I don't know, just like the same scenes would have felt more satisfying. I mean, I will throw this out there that um, I had the realization in this movie that I wasn't sure Dan Aykroyd could ever act. Um, <laughs> Cause he is really bad in the five minutes he is in this movie. Yeah, he is. I don't think he could ever act. I think I think you're right on that. I mean, Jane, your ignorant slut is a pretty classic moment, and there's some <laughs> yeah. acting there. The Bassmaster, that's a great. Uh, there's a great Saturday Night Live moments, but maybe that was it. Maybe it was that and Ghostbusters one, and 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 Dan lost it after that. Yeah, wish I liked this more. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. you don't, but I wish I liked it at all. Yeah, I feel bad, Jones. I wish you liked it more too. I'll watch it again, but probably in like two years or something. <laughs> I, I will say, if there's a fourth Ghostbusters movie, 
when you guys go watch it, I will watch the first one and I'll talk about that on the podcast. Love uh, it. Unless, and you know, I've not even heard these guys named in the running, but if they gave, if they gave this, uh, this uh, property uh, to Rob McElwee, Glenn Howerton and Charlie Day, if they gave it to Sonny, <laughs> those guys could make a Ghostbusters movie. I can see that. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that too. Yep. All right. Ghostbusters Afterlife sent to the afterlife. <laughs> I don't feel good about that. What are we watching this past week? Actually, two weeks, I guess, guys. Uh, I have quite a bit to talk about, actually, but I, I will save it to the top three things. I'll, I'll sprinkle the other things because wow. I'm back at work now and I don't have a job, really. So I watch shit again. Uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is Red Notice. And this movie, I, wa- I watch Red Notice, too. It's 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 kind of dumb, but it's OK. It's very, you know, rides entirely off the rock and Ryan Reynolds charisma, uh, but it's fine. It deserves to exist. I liked it. Um, Ryan Reynolds says he tells a joke that the rock's head looks like a penis. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, man. I don't know if that guy just wants to play Wade Wilson forever, but that's all he will. From here on out. <laughs> He's I found this it. thing that works and I'm going to do that thing. Yeah, he, he is into it. He's very Deadpool in this movie. Um, <laughs> I liked Gal Gadot as a villain, too. I thought she was really good in this. There's a big twist at the end. Kate and I Did saw it coming. It? To- yeah, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's fine. If you're bored, you want to watch something with your spouse, that's a go-to. Um, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. Guys, I fucking love this movie. This is my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I have a feeling West Side Story probably will take it, but yeah, Andrew Garfield better win Best Actor. He's so good as Jonathan Larson in this movie. Um, for those unfamiliar, Jonathan Larson wrote Rent, very famously died the night that Rent premiered. So he never actually saw his own show. Uh, he he tried to get... He was a product of, of Stephen Sondheim, was his mentor. He wrote this musical called uh, Suburbia, and it never got picked up. And it kind of broke him. And so in five years, he wrote two other musicals, Tick, Tick, Boom, which was a kind of self uh, biography musical thing that he would perform. And then he wrote Rent, which he did not get to see. Uh, But God, Andrew Garfield is so freaking good in this movie. And it's really, really relatable because the the point of Tick, Tick, Boom is the most 20 emotion, 20 something emotion possible, which is that if you don't accomplish anything by the time you're 30, then you're a failure. And uh, yeah, I really related to that because I absolutely thought that when I was in my 20s. And uh, yeah, got it. He's so good. He's super charming, super likable. Even when he's being a jerk to everyone else, you're still rooting for him. Andrew Garfield, I think, has this like awkward, playful kind of root for charisma about him like every role he's in you're kind of pulling for that guy and uh same it's just on full display here soundtrack's great lin-manuel miranda knocked it out of the parks first directorial debut i think everyone should watch it way better than transformers he's again, got right a busy now. boy lin very busy he's got encanto that just came out as well yep me and, I, uh, me and sarah have been about to watch this all week so the recommendation will probably push us over the edge yeah i, I liked it a whole lot um and then finally I watched Cowboy Bebop. Oh, boy. Um, Listen, (laughs) there are things that I think are pretty good about this show. And then there are things I think are terrible. But the the thing that it really the the struggle that this show has with adapting anime and adapting what is arguably the most famous, most well-liked anime of all time is that anime conceptually 
never works when you say it out loud. Like if you ask me what any anime is about, when I tell you the plot, you're going to go, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard <laughs> on the planet. And this is actually kind of true for Cowboy Bebop as well, which is that you have the super cool guy who is a bounty hunter in space who has this mysterious past he's running from. Um, when it comes back to haunt him, he has to address it but the problem is that's not really the plot of cowboy bebop because it's that's present throughout the show but it's kind of just one-off stories of these characters and you know they get high on mushrooms and they capture a guy who stole a dog um they murder a pregnant woman in space people turn into trees it's weird weird shit happens in it and so they do all those things in this show and it kind of where cowboy bebop the anime plays it cool and it feels cool it does not feel cool in live action. It seems cheesy and dumb, and they kind of play it as cheesy and dumb. Um, the biggest thing I hate, I disliked greatly, and I think I'm in the minority in this on the internet. Maybe not, though, was Julia and Vicious in the original. You have no explanation. You find out nothing about the syndicate. You don't even know Spike's real name. There is a line in the very first episode where he's like, I go by Spike Spiegel now, and where you're like, oh, Spike Spiegel is not this guy's real name. He had another name before this. This gives you everything you never wanted to know. Um, And I dislike that choice a lot. And then it ends in a very familiar place. And because they've given you all this new info, they takes a massive left turn uh, to no longer do we give a shit about what you thought you know about Cowboy Bebop. It's all going to be new from here on out, Um, except for Radical Ed, who is not in any of the promo materials it does show up and you find out very quickly why they are not in any of the promo <laughs> materials um yeah I, I don't know i they make a second season i'll probably watch it but i feel very similar to this like i did the first season of the witcher which is the concept is more interesting than the execution and so conceptually i'll just keep or titans it's like titans that's the best comparison <laughs> that's it cool I watched 8-Bit Christmas, Mm. which is HBO Max's new holiday movie um, about a kid who wants to secure uh, an original Nintendo. Neil Patrick Harris is like the grown-up kid telling the story to his daughter. I don't remember if there's anyone else famous, but um, it's fine. You know, I think I liked it probably a little more than you guys would because I I liked the subject matter. It kind of was nostalgic. You know, I remember, you know, like this is one kid who's rich in the neighborhood who has like a Nintendo. And that reminded me of like there was one kid who had a Nintendo 64 and he was like the coolest kid because we would go over and play it. Um, It's definitely very 80s. But if you're looking for like a Christmas, you know, movie. Oh, Steve Zahn's in it, too, as uh, the kids, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is a kid, his dad. Um, it's fun. I thought it was good. Better than Transformers. Um, I finished, I, we watched, uh, me and Susie watched Ted Lasso. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. If you want to do a Ted Lasso episode, that show I think is good. I think you guys probably raised my expectations a little too high. I don't think it's, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. I think it's good, but I don't think it's like the best thing I've ever seen. Um, but definitely I'll keep watching it. There's a Christmas episode on Ted Lasso on the second season. That's like definitely my favorite one. Um, thought that was a really good episode. Nate hate Nate. Um, and I like, I like, I like that coach beard episode too. It was so random and Susie hated it, but I thought that was probably the coolest episode. (laughs) Val also hated it. 
it cracked me the fuck up. It was just so out of left field, like as they dropped it in the middle of the season. But I thought that was cool too. Um, like I said, it's a good show. I think you guys just hyped it up like it was the best thing ever on TV. And I don't think I got that out of it, but I did like it. And then I watched Red Notice. I, I, I was a little higher on it than Jones. I think that movie is better than Transformers. It's not the best thing I've ever seen. But if you like uh, like Indiana Jones, National Treasure, if you like heist movies, uh, they, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds have good chemistry. Gal Gadot's good. It's just a lot of movie stars doing movie star things. They spent a lot of money on it. It feels like a movie that would be in theaters. Like Usually Netflix movies feel a little cheap. But they go to like 65 different countries. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, they, they definitely put the budget behind it. So I'd recommend watching that. I thought that was fun. And then the last thing is Great British Baking. We've been watching it all season. It's now over. Do not tell me what happens at the end because I'm in the middle I, of it. I won't. No, okay. I won't. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best season of Great British Baking. I came on to Great British Baking three seasons ago. And this is the best group of bakers since I've come on to it. I don't I can't speak to before that, but like there's literally like six bakers that would have won the previous seasons. Uh, it's it's really good that the, they're all there's a bunch of ones that are really likable. So if you have any interest in getting on the Great British Baking bandwagon, like this would be the season I'd recommend. Um, there's like four that are like really, really good. So like towards the end of the season, you have like it's it's hairs that they're like who's going home. You literally have no idea. And uh, it's really good. So uh, it's it's delightful. Like the kindness they all show to each other is great. So if you're looking for like a just like a warm your heart kind of show, I'd recommend it. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Ian, you talked about Ted Lasso and never mentioned Roy Kent, which makes me think you didn't actually watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> Roy Kent, no, Su- Susie, that's his. That's her favorite person, and I love Roy Kent. Um, and his. You know, his thing with Keely's great. I like Jamie Tart, though. I don't know. Like, the show is really, really good. It is. I, I, it's funny, Ian. I wanted you to like Jamie Tart because you like Pete on Mad Men. Yep. Yeah. You know? And they're very that similar. to be your guy in shows. Yeah, yeah. And Jamie Tart, like, when he's nice in the second season, like, I'm like, I like Jamie. You know what I mean? But then he does tell Keely that he loves her. And, he, you know, he's kind of an asshole. You know, but Roy is a great guy. Like, you know, he... Literally, his girlfriend gets told she loves her by another guy and kissed, and he like just is cool. And him with his niece, like, like I said, I really like the show. I just think I my expectations were way too high from you guys. I think that that was probably what killed it for me. Well, at least you hated Nate. That's what's important. Yeah, Nate. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Nate. <laughs> I hate Nate worse than any screen villain ever. That's the worst. That, that monologue Nate tells Ted at the end, like, oh, my God, like, he's just such a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Like, he's so on the wrong side of the fence and doesn't know it. So it's just great because it's such a show about, like, forgiveness and giving people a second chance and letting giving them the chance to prove themselves. And Ted gives him the chance yeah. and he says, no, fuck you. that's yeah, fucking fuck you. that is so cold. I hate him. Hurt. Well, you guys I feel the, like I feel like you didn't pick up the message of this show. <laughs> did you guys know that was an SNL skit that he just like turned into a show? I did not know. I knew it was I, a, I knew it was a commercial. I didn't know it was an SNL skit first. I I, I know he did. I thought I thought it was like maybe it was, yeah, a commercial. It was an NBC Sports like okay. SNL. Okay, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like and he just like worked it out. But yeah, yeah. some of his some of his like one liners are fucking hilarious. Like the one where he's like, "I like my water like Kyrie Irving likes my my Earth flat." just cracked me and like Susan didn't even get it 
You know what I mean? Like, there's certain inside jokes that, like, are just so funny. Like, I don't know. It, it, it is a good show. Yeah, I, I actually start, rewatched it again as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the third time I've watched it this year. Um, it's incredible. I love it. I don't know if you want to do a Ted Lasso episode, but I'd be all for it. Hurt. All right, Hurt. All right. Um, oh, man, I, I watched a bunch of shit, too. Oh, God uh, damn it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go real quick, though. So quick. <laughs> okay, so um, I rewatched Shang-Chi. Uh the reason I, I want to bring that up is because the first time I watched Shang-Chi, I watched it alone, and that was the wrong movie to watch without Sarah. I really had was had it built up what I wanted that movie to be, and when it wasn't that, I was disappointing. But watching it with someone with, with no expectations, I could appreciate it for what it was, and I had a blast. I had originally given it a tentative better than Transformers. I'm moving it to enthusiastic better than Transformers. Uh, uh, this week, uh, one of my favorite bands on earth, who I've reviewed multiple of their albums on this podcast, The Darkness put out a new record. And like all their records, it is fucking awesome. This one is particularly awesome. It's so good. I can't stand it. It's driving me fucking nuts. I can't stop listening to it. It's so much fun. Also, I, I just, yeah, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. The fact that the, that, that the darkness isn't the biggest band on earth is a problem with earth, not the darkness. <laughs> um, um, they um, also their, their singer, Justin Hawkins, I've said before, if this guy decided to just stop rocking and go into comedy, he would fucking kill. He's hilarious. Uh, he started a YouTube channel where he basically just talks about and criticizes pop music and stuff like that. And it's fucking hilarious. But there's one episode I wanted to talk about particularly because, but okay, Jones, I'm remembering this, right? You're a Led Zeppelin super fan, right? Yeah, man. Love them. Okay. So as a Led Zeppelin super fan and an all around decent person, you probably kind of hate Greta Van Fleet, right? Listen, I, I, I cannot get on board. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say hate. I just, I just avoid it. You should, you should look up his episode on Greta Van Fleet because he does such a nice, and by nice, I mean genuinely nice takedown of that band. It's like a kindly uncle sitting them down and saying, look, guys, here's how you could not suck. <laughs> and it's really, really worth checking out. It's really fucking funny. Um, I do have a question for you, Hurt. Okay. Did you watch any of Get Back? I didn't. I haven't watched any of that shit yet. Have you? I watched the first one. It's, you know, it's nine hours long. Right. Uh, I only watched the first one, but I was waiting until it was done. Or if you had talked to if you had watched it, I would have talked a little bit, but I'll hold, I'll hold my thoughts. I'll probably have it watched next time. All I'll Um, say is I'll say one thing about it, which is, I don't know what the fuck big deal with Yoko Ono is because that's so much just lead singer's girlfriend, just being present, which if you've been in a band fucking happens all the time. Some dude is banging a girl that he just brings everywhere and you just have to be okay with it. And that's all Yoko was. I don't think she broke up the band. I don't know. Let's see if it gets worse. But part one, she's just present. Okay, I remember what the last thing I want to talk about. This is the last thing I'll I'll harp on. Um, For years, America's had a problem and that problem is Joe Rogan has the number one podcast in America and Joe Rogan's never been funny for a second. Not just because he became a hero for being a pussy about needles, but he's just never been funny. So a right has been wronged, a wrong has been right, whatever. 
The guys from Sunny started a podcast, and now it's the number one podcast in the world. And it is fucking great. I've talked about before on here, I love watching like shows learn how to make a show. At this point in it, they're talking about the first season, and they're very much talking about them learning how to do that show. But also while they're doing it, they're learning how to do a podcast, and it's fucking hilarious. Cannot recommend how much how funny this shit is a lot. I mean, there's so kind of clueless about podcasts that uh, at one point in the first episode, Charlie Day is like, hey, man, you've you've got a mixer. And I was like, man, Nips has a mixer. Like, you're surprised <laughs> that your buddy who's ran a TV show for 15 fucking years has a mixer. I don't know. I just thought that was cool. But uh, yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, the uh, it's always sunny podcast fucking rules. That's it. That's all I got. Cool. I will check that out. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Look, I don't remember what I've seen since the last time we talked. It's mostly anime. Uh, the fall, the fall season is wrapping up, and I do want to talk about the my my top things that I'm watching. But I'm going to save that until we're a little closer to the end. Uh, in the meantime, I've also been watching the Great British Baking Show. I think we're on episode five or six, and uh, you know I haven't made it to the end yet. But so far, I can agree with Ian's assessment. You know, there's always a couple that you know we're going pretty early but there are yeah well, yeah i'd say about six that i'm like i don't i don't they all seem very close in level to me and i don't know who's gonna go next so you know it, it's it's similar to, to ted lasso energy you know it's a warm blanket and a cup of hot chocolate of a tv show and i didn't and, interrupt uh ian for this but i interrupt you there wasn't any point when you guys were watching this one that this was the first time for me it really felt like a reality show that is so hit- far I mean, so so ever since the Netflix switch, they've definitely they've leaned a little bit more than they used to into like the reality tropes. But I didn't I haven't felt it more this season than the other Netflix seasons. Well, let, let me ask you this. How far into it are you? Uh, five. OK, I think when it really hit me was and I won't say who, but the person who's eliminated right before the finals, I feel like was eliminated not because he was doing the worst, but because he was doing the best. And it was a shocking reality show moment. Ah, but go ahead. Sorry. It, that, that is one of the things that cracks me up about the great British baking show, because it is such like a generally like kind, non-dramatic type of, of competition show. The fan base is so fucking violent on the internet when they think that there is something that has happened that is unscrupulous in, in any way, even if it's not, even if they just perceive it that way, uh, you know, it, it, it it's just funny to me that people get so mad about the show that's so cozy. It's just Dude, have you have you read any of the shit they say about that alopecia guy? Oh <laughs> man, haven't. he is not liked. I mean, look, neither one of those guys have ever been funny. Uh, now, I hard disagree. Noel fucking rules. God, I'll, I hate I'll come to your house and fight you over Noel. I that's fine. I'll, we can do that. Anyway, great British Vegas show. It's a good show. That apparently is is inspiring a lot of violence I wasn't expecting. (laughs) I just threatened to punch you over it. I know it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, And the only other thing uh, I watched, uh, the wife and I watched Michael Che's new stand-up special on Netflix, uh, which is good. Uh, I I like him on Update. I like uh, him and uh, and Jost have found their, their groove, I feel like, the last year or two. And I just, I, I've, I think it's a good special and I didn't mean for this to be a, a shit on Dave Chappelle episode, but here it is. Uh, I feel like Michael Che is doing the comedy that Dave Chappelle thinks that he's doing. And that's it. 
I haven't watched Dave Chappelle's new special, so I can't I, I, I can't comment on whether that's true or not, but it was well structured. Thank you. And I think that's it. Do we have is something not coming out next week? Do we know? No. no? Guess not. Ted Lasso we next week. We can do week. Ted Lasso next week. It's yeah, Spider-Man's a week after, nothing the, next it's week. It's the opposite of timely. Yeah, let's so get on brand for this spot. fucking let's podcast. Hit, let's do Dead Lasso three months after the last episode. <laughs> Just in time for a rewatch, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I it know. is a very holiday-y show, so I guess there's a theme. That is fair. All right, well, that's uh, that's it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening uh, and, and hanging with us for our weird release schedules. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. Tell us what you think about Ghostbusters. And, uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Real Phonies on Instagram. Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>